football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's really that simple. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF, bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code PFF this weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports money partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling prompt. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome in. It is the Monday morning edition of the PFF Betting Podcast. As always, joined by Kevin Cole, and we are uh, trying to rehash maybe or make sense of uh, what was a wild week 13 uh, in the NFL. Kevin, how are you kind of feeling? Any initial takeaways from what you saw here? Not really. I mean, there weren't a lot of marquee matchups coming into this week. We had a quarterback duel for the first half between Gardner Minshew and Zach Wilson. That was a fun one. That might have been like one of the most exciting halves of football that were played during this week. So that gives you an idea of what we witnessed. Right, definitely. So maybe uh, you're, you're saying that the Seahawks are not back. Is that what, is that what we're getting at, basically? <laughs> I, I mean, may, Adrian Peterson's back. 11 Adrian carries for Peterson's 16 back. yards. Here we come. Rack it up. I mean, seriously, like, does he have some sort of evidence against the NFL? Like, Does he have some, like, blackmailable... Uh, extortion type evidence against the NFL that forces teams to sign a 30 was he six now 36 year old oh he's yeah he's up Adrian Peterson who has not cleared like more than two and a half yards per carry since uh 2010 (laughs) so like what's what is going on here I don't know. I that is one question that I cannot. Answer. I want to know. Like, I mean, is this? I, I, I mean, you want to know? Talk to the powers that be. I mean, Pete Carroll. He's into conspiracy theories, so maybe there's like a, right. uh, you know, uh, fuel jet fuel cannot melt steel beams angle going on here. For what I, I don't know what's I don't know what's happening with this, but I can't I can't take that anymore. I mean, that makes. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I cannot go down Pete Carroll's uh, <laughs> rabbit hole. That's for sure. So not a good time. So do you, what did you think of, I mean, there was, you know, the number, the 2020 NFL quarterback draft yes. selections, Chargers, yeah. Bengals, Chargers kind of a bit charged it for it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe they looked like the Bengals were going to come back and then Joe Mixon. Any takeaways from that game whatsoever uh, as far as like playoff implications or things that you, teams that you think are better than each other kind of uh, as we're stacking up? Well, you know what's interesting? I, I called the um, – actually, I don't know if I did call it, but I called it in my head. I called the Chargers, Bengals, the like Jekyll and Hyde Bowl because these two teams, depending oh. upon which week you see them, they can either be – uh, dark horse Super Bowl contenders or 
like heading for a rebuild, basically, by how poorly or well that they play on a week-by-week basis. And what's interesting about this game is I think it was closer than the score. You had a lot of turnovers. You had Jamar Chase, who somehow turned a 65-yard touchdown into an interception, where he looked like he was shaving points when he he, he like caught the ball and then threw it back to the the defender. The defender. Uh, <laughs> so that was that was a pretty strange one. Um, but generally, I think it's it's just two teams. The most surprising thing by far in this one was the fact that the Bengals have been leaning on the run, leaning heavily on the run the last few weeks. The Chargers have the last-ranked defense in the NFL in success rate against the run, the second-to-last defense in expected points added against the run, yet they held the Bengals in check combined with the fact that they took an early lead. They're up 24 nothing. So I think that's what really swung the game more than anything else. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. That was it was just a really weird matchup in general. I definitely agree with uh, your overall labeling of it. Do you think so? Are the Cardinals uh, legitimate contenders in the NFC now that Kyler Murray's back? DeAndre Hopkins wasn't necessarily involved. Obviously, really good defense performance. Uh, are you comfortable with probably where people are going to be ranking the Cardinals here heading out of week 13? I mean, I don't know if I'm comfortable with the fact that everyone's going to be ranking at number one because they feel legally obligated to do so for the team that has the best record in the NFL. But I am comfortable for them being a top-notch team. I was not a believer in prior years where Murray's passing and drawback efficiency was poor, and he had this insane... Uh, scramble and design run efficiency. So he's not doing that this year. Like, they have a more complete team this year. Their defense, you know, however little credit you want to give them, if you continue to play like a top 10 team, and I know you're beating down on Andy Dalton, but, you know, you beat down on bad teams. That's what you do as a good defense, right? So they're continuing to do that this year. So I think Vance Joseph has that defense playing really well. So, yeah, I think they are a true contender. And this is also another one of my my takes, which I saw Pro Football Talk tweeted it out, so maybe I have to start questioning myself on this one, where it was basically whoever wins the NFC, you're probably going to get the MVP out of the NFC based on who wins. I think people are going to ignore the fact that Kyler missed some games this year. So if either Arizona wins, Green Bay wins, or Tampa Bay wins, I think that'll be the team with the number one seed that people are going to say, you know what, that is the MVP this year. So I think Kyler actually still has a chance to get that MVP vote, despite the fact that they won a couple of games with Coit McCoy at quarterback. Yeah, right. That is really interesting. I do think I do think that is a really good point. I also wonder how uh, like the coach of the year implications kind of play a role in that as well. Skull, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because coach of the year is typically, if you, if you just say wins over preseason win to- yeah, total... Yeah odds then you so so the two teams who have surpassed their win totals so far this year are the Cincinnati Bengals are already above although they lost here so that's not so hot uh Zach Taylor's not getting a lot of hype but he's actually doing better he he was going into this week I think he was fifth or sixth in the odds which is probably higher than people thought going into it and then of course Cliff Kingsbury's the other guy who's there and you would think maybe Belichick would be there but people always have these um pretty optimistic odds for the Patriots coming into the year so he's not quite there yet so I do think Cliff is interesting I don't know if he'll get there though because are people going to really point to Kyler and the and the players and everyone else more than Cliff just because Cliff has this reputation maybe based upon what happened the prior two seasons of being a 
I don't know, almost an anchor on the team's offense as opposed to someone who was enhancing what they were right, doing. Definitely. I do think that's a really interesting discussion because, you know, even we early on in the season probably had Cliff Kingsbury labeled as a little bit of a fake sharp in some ways. And he seems to uh, kind yes. of be performing above expectation, kind of similar to like, you know, Matt LaFleur is uh, two guys that weren't really high that highly thought of heading into the 2021 season. So it is interesting to see some of the coaching, maybe improvements uh, in a lot of ways, but yeah, that is an interesting discussion to see. So, who would you bet on for MVP and Coach of the Year uh, right now? I don't know. That's a good question. No um, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards Aaron Rodgers a little okay. bit, which is shocking because I am a noted Aaron Rodgers hater. But d- I would not believe anyone who thinks that because of this whole COVID amusation kerfuffle thing that that's really going to cost him some votes like sports writers forgot about that like five minutes after it happened basically so if he continues to play well the rest of the season i think he could win because of the fact that he has been on a legitimate tear recently whereas brady i mean brady had four touchdowns today but did you come away with the impression that he had some sort of great game i mean it was a close game he threw that awful pick pick six six near the end zone and, you know, Kyler, they won, but did he really impress that much in this one? I'm not sure. I didn't see a whole lot from what the, from what was going on there. The defense is playing extremely well there. So I do think Aaron Rodgers may have a better chance than a lot of people think for this one. So he might be my choice at this point. All right. I like that actually a little bit, maybe buying into the fact that uh, you don't think that writers are going to potentially hold the whole COVID immunization thing. That is an interesting discussion. I mean, I don't think so, right? right? You got a few loud people on on the Twitter bot who may be talking about it. But other than that, like, if you produce, that's all that matters. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Producing. And that's what we are going to do here for Monday Night Football. We have a weather game coming up here. Uh, Patriots traveling to Buffalo. uh, And the forecast is crazy, right? It's dropped from, you know, 46.5 point total down to 41. Bills have kind of held to a three-point spread. uh, But... It's gonna be it's gonna be a battle out there. It sounds like according to the weather the weather prognosticators. So Kevin, are you uh, how are you making sense of kind of the game total, the news information, uh, and kind of how are you using that for some showdown analysis? Yeah, you know it's interesting. For is is just first talk about maybe just the the betting spread on there. I mean there are still some two and a halfs right. out there, which I think are interesting it's not as good as earlier in the week where you could get it at your standard you know minus 110 sort of thing i think it's fan duel it's at 118 right now two and a half so i think that's kind of interesting for the bills but again a noted packers hater i'm also a noted patriots hater so that i don't know if if maybe my biases are are coming through there but as far as the showdown slate is it's a weird slate because you have extremely name brand type of players like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and then you have a plucky Patriots offense that people seem to like. But yet when I run a lot of my simulations on this, they're based heavily upon you look up and you see it's a 41 total in this game with all of these players. So then it starts to you start to see these like tertiary options that pop up as guys who may do something. You start to see defenses and kickers who may do something that, that maybe people are not weighing enough as the option here because they don't realize the name brand power here doesn't really reflect the fact that still in aggregate, we're talking about 41 total points that are being projected in this right, game. Definitely. So in some ways, you know, with, the, with such low total, uh, we are, Tight touchdowns and actually, you know, identifying those are going to be at such a premium. But then, where yes. does where does like the defenses and those sorts of things kind of fit into uh, your overall thought process with with the really low total? 
Yeah, yeah. The defenses look look pretty good. I mean, a little bit more on the Bills than on the Patriots because they are the favored team here. I think the Patriots team will be a little bit overvalued in terms of the the amount that they're rostered here. I think team I think people maybe have the perception that the Patriots have a better defense than the Bills, which hasn't quite been the case so far this year, but neither has had a very difficult schedule of opposing offenses that they've faced so far. So that's number one. It, it, yeah, you bring up a good angle here with the touchdowns because the most touchdown-dependent position for fantasy football is the tight end position. And Dawson Knox and even Hunter Henry, to a lesser degree, both look like values on this showdown slate and are probably guys that you want to sprinkle in either as long shot captain selections or have them as staples of one of the five flex positions. Definitely, yeah. Actually, I do think that is a really interesting option for sure. Kind of targeting the tight end position, hoping for getting you know one of those short passing touchdowns. So is Josh Allen basically going to be the option at captain position how do you think uh playing him and who who do you like outside of you know the guys we've already discussed at that captain position if you don't necessarily want to play josh allen there yeah it's hard with allen because he's going to have such a high rostered number here i mean if you look at josh allen so when the most recent contest he's been in his the amount that he's been rostered as a captain has been, I'm looking at the last five or so, it looks like 41%, 32%, 41%, 38%. And then it starts to get down to 25%. But still, we're talking about something that's about 25 is the low, which is a very, very high number for these types of contests. They basically have no running backs who end up doing anything. For the Buffalo Bills, you're probably going to have a combination of Devin Singletary and Matt Breida be the two different options there at running back. So it's just really tough for me in any projection to forecast someone as being much of a value when they're up in the 30-something percent. But I do think you can get some value on someone like Allen if you put him into a flex spot because there are going to be so many people who are going to have him in the captain spot that he could be a little bit neglected as a secondary option in a flex spot and then try to figure out you know who's going to catch the two touchdowns that's going to end up being the winning captain right, definitely that is really interesting i do like that quite a bit so switching gears a little bit let's talk some player props anything uh, i know you talked about dawson knox already uh player prop at pff.com favorite bet on monday night here dawson knox under 2.5 receptions plus 134 price probably the main reason why uh I I I kind of lean with I kind of lean with Kevin a little bit here. I don't mind Dawson Knox maybe a sneaky uh, option from a showdown perspective. Maybe you can potentially hedge that a little bit with under receptions. But do you like anything uh, kind of else here in the player prop market? Um, I'm looking through some stuff here. I mean, we have some slight. Let, let, let me um, let me sort by the edge sort here because it's edge. interesting that yeah. <laughs> Because it is, I don't know. I see we have Damian Harris over 8.5 receiving yards. That kind of feels like one of your quarterback rushing yards type of props where it's so low that you're just hoping for one cash to come through. But I can kind of see that. I think Damian Harris has been working his way back in to be a bigger part of the offense after he was out and everyone fell in love with Ramondre Stevenson. So that's an interesting one. Oh, you do have Mac Jones, five and a half rushing yards here. That was a layup for I was just waiting for you to dunk on it, basically. So... So that so that so that's available and that one could be interesting. Josh Allen under seven and a half carries. Hmm. I'm not sure about that. What do you think about that yeah. one? Because the Patriots, I would assume they're a little bit more of a man dominant team, which could lead to some opportunities for Allen to run the ball, but I'm not quite sure about yeah, that. Definitely. And I agree with it. I think just 
you know, factoring in the weather situation as well, uh, we could see Josh Allen run more than uh, what we were expecting. Yes. It is, it is, it has only ticked up, you know, like one carry basically from where he's been at all season, six and a half carries. So I would honestly probably go against uh, the tool in this specific scenario based on kind of what I expect uh, maybe the weather to be like. Uh, and I think if that holds, Josh Allen's going to go well over this uh, carry number. So I actually would probably fade that one a little bit. I do agree with you. Mac Jones yeah. over probably for similar reasons. I do think it's one of the best options here uh, for sure on Monday night. But we'll see. So we got uh, Damian Harris over 8.5 receptions. You said you liked that one. Ramondre Stevenson yes. over 10.5. Well, re- receiving yards. Yeah, receiving yeah. yards. Receiving yards. Ramondre Stevenson over 10.5 receiving yards as well. Uh, so you kind of lean more towards Damian Harris being potentially that guy uh, in the running back. I mean, I mean, Stevenson is definitely the better receiver, but I think that I think Harris may get more carries in this game. I think he may just outsnap Stevenson somewhat significantly, but it really comes down to you just don't know what Belichick's going to do at right. the running back position. So. Uh, lean against whatever you think the popular opinion will be on right, that. I definitely like that as well. So we will see. Make sure you check out, uh, you know, Kevin Cole's showdown analysis. Going to be out on PFF.com. We got, of course, the best bets tool that's going to lock in, you know, the best value according to the player prop market and PFS projections. So make sure you check that out as well. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff for you coming up here over, you know, the course of the rest of the season from PFF.com. Uh, so make sure if you haven't yet, lock in that PFF Elite script elite subscription uh, from Ben Brown joined by Kevin Cole we appreciate you listening to the PFF Value Podcast